Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Marvel Cinematic University, the show where we talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and it added an itty onto the end of it, so uh, it's an original name. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jay Christie, joined as always by Anthony Canton III. Anthony, how are you? Hey, Plaza dudes, what's happening? Things are heating up. Let's get into it. Yes, I, exactly. Also joined by Jerome Chang. Jerome, how are you? I am very excited to speak about this episode, my favorite parody so far. And we were uh, we were first we were supposed to be joined by Stephanie Williams, who was a late scratch. So I I think it, I don't know about you guys, but I'm just gonna try to remind us to show enthusiasm whenever Monica Rambeau is mentioned in her honor. It's only fair, man. You got it. We got a rep for our girl Steph. One hundred exactly. Um, but we're here to talk about WandaVision. Uh, the hot all new Halloween spooktacular is the name of the episode. Um, and you I'll start with you, Jerome. You mentioned that as your favorite parody yet. Um, what, what about it was made it your favorite? Um, first off, completely unexpected. Like I, I actually was such a big fan of Malcolm in the middle, but when it came on, I was like, holy geez, like I can't believe, and they nailed the opening note perfectly, the narration to the screen, all of it. And again, similar to the other stuff, like you've asked this question on, uh, every episode so far, Jake, but they, they picked the perfect parody that fits where the character's at and the story that they wanted to tell. It's not just like a gimmick. It really fits for the actual arc in the kind of way that, you know, um, it's, again, like, it's supposed to be true to what's going on. Like, nothing gets broken in the overall narrative of the season by switching up the the style. So it's, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was just so perfect. Mm -hmm. AC, what about you? Yeah, I mean, to Jerome's point, I think he put it very succinctly when he said it kind of fit the narrative of what was happening with the characters. Like, we're usually, in Malcolm in the Middle, used to Hal kind of being off on his own thing. And this was Vision in this episode. And there was a reason for that because of the kind of the chasm between he and Wanda and him wanting to search out and find out things in Westview. But um, yeah, I just love that opening montage. I mean, I spent a good portion of my early teen Sundays watching Malcolm in the middle. Like that was, that was the show back then for me after the Simpsons. So like it it was, you know, it hit on those certain strings. Since you're a big fan AC, did you get, especially in the opening um, scene, really good Hal vibes from vision? Yes. Like he's always like falling over and, and this was, and, and it's funny enough, you think about uh, Brian Cranston and that was like, that was kind of like his real, like real introduction to um, him from a television standpoint. Um, and I do just want to say, I, you're, you're, you're mostly right, but I do just want to head off anyone who's going to be mad or mentions that he did have a very notable big run on Seinfeld as a dentist. So did I just want to say someone will get mad at us if we say that his first thing on TV <laughs> was Malcolm in the Middle. What and, was um what was his name? Gek? No, that was it. I I don't remember exactly, but he's like I remember, one of the more yeah. notable Seinfeld characters. I'm only saying that just because he, I he's know a notable Seinfeld are. extra. Oh so no, like, that, it, yeah, it just like, is yes. incorrect. That's to say your that lane, his first bro. Thing was I, I, I completely understand. It's all good. But um, to kind of just finish on that point, like um, it was it was so cool to see like that level. And to Jerome's point, yeah, he had big Hal vibes and the jump cut stuff to flashbacks. Those were like that's like one of my favorite things about what Malcolm in the Middle did. So it was a really good, it's a good motif. It was well done. And um, it kind of set the scene for, you know, what a what a really good episode this was. Mm-hmm. Now, 
I don't, there's no good way to say this, but I was never a huge fan of Malcolm Middle for two reasons. One, because I was a little young when it first came on. And then by the time I was like a preteen and teen, I had, and I still really don't enjoy almost anything where children are the main characters, which is a horrible mm. thing to say out loud. But like, I really, especially, <laughs> especially when they're supposed to be funny. I think it's because I was a quote unquote precocious child. And if you are a quote unquote precocious child, you meet, you know, that that means that you're just annoying to be around. And so when I was like 14, the last thing in the world I wanted to see was 10 year olds being like adults. Cause it's like, I was like that and I sucked. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I don't have a huge relationship with Mac in the middle. However, I mean, even though Malcolm Little is obviously mostly strongly evoked here, a lot of the stuff in it is also pretty universal to the mid 2000s. Like the cutaways, for example. For sure. Like that was like a huge- Single can setup, talking yeah. the screen, breaking the fourth wall. Exactly. But I yeah. think the thing that was important about this, which uh, the reason I brought up why I, my character flaw, which why I didn't like Malcolm Little that much, is I think that this episode is important that they use this motif because it allows Tommy and Billy, who beforehand were kind of just ornaments, to yep. want and vision to actually be characters with their own lives and thoughts. Cause within a normal sitcom setup, it's pretty hard to make, to switch to, the to, dynamic. It, it's important. It's also, it's hard to show the interior lives of children mm-hmm. because children don't express themselves in productive ways. But if you can have them talk to the camera, then you can get the inside scoop of what's going on in their head. Um, that's why the, uh, that's why in this case, the parody, like, it wasn't, in my opinion, the obvious choice, and it felt no. more inspired. No, I, it definitely wasn't the obvious choice. I think the obvious choice probably would have been, I don't know, like, I wouldn't even, would, would have been the obvious choice. Maybe Friends, um, but I don't, I don't know how you do Friends. It's um, hard because, like, and that's one thing, uh, especially well, it's as we're family, ahead, sorry, go. family sitcoms weren't yeah. as... Yeah, prevalent. That's also that one point. of the reasons I, I also never yeah. really I, I I never really like family sitcoms either. I just yeah, have, I just have a black heart. Start? I can't even like, remember. I, I was what? looking ahead, like what the next one is. Oh and... no, finish, Daryl. Oh, th- sorry. Go ahead. AC first, just because I'm going to switch. No, I was just going to. I was asking a question because I can't even remember myself. What year did Malcolm in the Middle start? I believe the year of our Lord 2000. I'll double check. Okay. it would have been like early Perfect. 2000s, like uh, in and around that time. But. Uh, yeah, like Shout I was to trying to figure world. out what yeah. was next. It looks like Modern Family is kind of the move. Yeah, next, that's, that like, is the right move. If it's right that move. is the correct answer it of what to do answer. after. Um, uh, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was wondering because I was looking up like what other family type sitcoms existed, and there aren't a lot. No, but there was one specific that would not at all work. But I, I was like Arrested Development, Robert Downey Jr.'s Ron Howard. Oh my God, that'd be perfect. That uh, would be uh, amazing. Uh, I, I, I fool with that. I fool with that for sure. I just, I, I, I just would just imagine like, um, <laughs> uh, Wanda being like, I didn't create this entire neighborhood. Voiceover, <laughs> she did. <laughs> I didn't create it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that would be great. Unfortunately, even it's, it's Arrested Development is definitely one of those. It's an illusion. Like, I mean, this whole time it would. Just oh, be, it's, it's an illusion. illusion. It's an illusion. It's like, Wanda, you have to stop this illusion. You have to stop this magic trick you're doing with the town. This illusion I'm doing with the town vision. Me holding this town hostage is an illusion. A trick is what a whore does for money. Oh God, man! That's oh, God. What? That's the line in the first. <laughs> That's the line. Oh, you're right. Also, the line. also, just... hey, they're setting it up because remember the what's it called? The magic when they did the magic show, their mm-hmm. like magic thing was basically the Aztec tomb. Full circle. Full circle. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, let's start with the episode. So there's the great opening credit sequence where um, I really like the way that they how they incorporate Wanda and Vision's superpowers into a sitcom setup where Wanda uses her magic to slam a door shut and Vision walks through the couch. Um, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, and 
interesting that Agnes is uh is in the opening credits. Um, and she's wearing what, is. what is uh, and she's wearing uh, one of those like early two thousands uh pants with the words on the ass, which you know. Oh, like the juicy couture. Really type. don't don't uh, that definitely was an era. That was a thing. It was uh, a thing. And uh, but then we get to the set of the episode where it is Halloween in Westview. And Wait, just go. to say okay, on credits, go, um, obviously we have to shout out Pyotr oh, right. Maximov as himself. Oh, yeah. Yes. A little, a little wink wink for uh, AC right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice misdirect, as I'll yeah. get into later. Oh, okay. So now, now AC is all knowing. It's one thing to say <laughs> theories, but now AC just knows that's a misdirect. <laughs> yes. He's <laughs> a, a nice seer at this point. I'm not saying you're wrong, but it is like, okay. No, I, no, not know. even. I, it's not even being cocky. It's just oh. like, I got, I got an opinion on it. Okay, right. Yeah. But anyway, so they're preparing for Halloween. Billy is dressed up as a sorcerer, and uh, Tommy says he's he says he's dressed as well. He says he's dressed up as the cool twin, which makes Billy a Dorcasaurus Rex. And I just want to say that there's, this is something incorrect. As speaking as a twin, there's I don't. This might not be true for all twins, but I'm gonna say it is. The twin that says that they're the cool twin is not the cool twin. And I can say that because I was the one who said he was the cool twin, and I definitely was not. So that that just it felt really unreal to me. Like mm. <laughs> if going around saying I'm dressed as the cool twin, that's like the lamest shit you can say. Anyway, that's fair. Yeah, that's, that's, that's no, personal that's experience. Yeah, yeah. So. I get that. I get that. Um, I'm thinking in the sitcom sense because like that would make him the Reese in this situation, and that probably did work out that way in the show. But I mean, I, I don't I don't know. Know. it's yeah, yeah. it's. I I think that people oftentimes. You know, there's a lot of misconceptions about twins. Um, but uh, generally speaking, anytime you have to say you're something, you're probably not that thing. That is exactly. Um, yeah. And I did a lot of saying I was things when I was a kid. <laughs> um, most of what I did. Anyway, uh, the boys go and, you know, check to see what's going on. Pietro, who is apparently sleeping on the couch at 4 p.m. So I'll be honest, right off the bat, I get felt attacked two times in this episode. First, being reminded of how I wasn't a cool twin and how I sometimes will have been known to sleep till four in the afternoon. It just was really <laughs> this was a bad episode for me to start off. But um, what did you think about the relationship? And it obviously goes on in this, but I thought the relationship between their Uncle Petey and uh, the boys was really fun in this. Nah, cool Uncle vibes. Um, you know, I, especially being an uncle myself, like, Mm-hmm. It, it is fun to be like the cool uncle that that your nephew or niece will come up to you and they'll they'll come talk to you and they'll be more interested in you than their actual parents um, mm-hmm. and hanging out with you and stuff. So it's it's not a shock that that uh, Pietro and the twins would hit it off so well. And as you see in this episode, they're really like hanging out. So it's nice to see that relationship mm-hmm. form. Um, it uh, based on not just like a Malcolm Middle type show, but like a lot of different things, like even dating back to like the eighties and such, it really reeked of that uncle you don't hear about often. Like he was just so much like the uncle that visits from out of town brings you the most obscure gift. Uh, You never hear about where your uncle is, but he tells you fantastical stories Mm -hmm. about where he's been. And um, he's the fun uncle that you also probably don't want to be left alone with. Yeah, that's, and that's definitely a sitcom thing. Cause I don't know about you. Do any of you guys have an uncle like that? Cause like I have uncles who are more fun than others, but I don't have any who is a complete like wayward spirit who uh, AC has a look in his eye. So I, I would say, Oh, go ahead. AC. Oh, no, sorry. First. No, I was going to say like um, my mom's brother, my uncle junior. He's a, uh, Oh, okay. Yeah. He's yep. definitely <laughs> <an> uncle junior. <laughs> he's, definitely, yeah. he's definitely a character to say yeah. the least. All right. Um, yeah, he's a. Uh, I would say more in cop. reality. And so there's a lot. Not to be. I, I just remember <laughs> yeah. a lot of stuff when right. I was a kid. 
like this story. I can't. There are some stories that I can't even no, say. No, I, I guess what I'm saying is, but even then, like yeah. you said, like the fact that you knew what his career is is like I'm saying that that's not what in a sitcom. There's the uncle where like he shows up at Thanksgiving unannounced. No one knows what he does. No one knows where he lives. Yeah. Like no, that's the thing that I don't think exists. The most. That's really what he just be saying the most. Shouts out to you, yeah. man. <laughs> Sounds like a good guy. Jerome, what were you gonna say? Sorry. Uh, I would say not to be a downer on it. In reality, that uncle is never a happy story. That's correct. That is correct. That is that's, true. That's why you don't see it in real yeah. life is because that's never really the nicest story. Like you don't really speak on it in like a loving, like laughing yeah, way. Yeah, that is, uh, that is definitely true. It's like, yeah, you know, uh, you know, uncle, uh, uncle John, he, you know, showed up only every other Thanksgiving and then. You know, he got in the fight with mom, that family right. reunion, because he stole $5,000 with his from, new... gra- from grandpa's will. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that's really what it is. Anyway. Cool aunts, though. I think cool aunts are a real thing. I think for that, I, remember, reason... I remember that that yeah. was a disagreement we had on the Spider-Man homecoming thing, where mm. I think Lindsay, was, who was the guest, said that she didn't think that uh, Aunt May was realistic. And it's like, that's definitely like the hippie cool aunt is definitely a vision right. archetype. I think that that might be a racial thing, but that definitely is a thing that's very real. Not so much for me necessarily, just because I come from the most suburban of suburban of suburban <laughs> white families, but it definitely is a thing. Anyway, um, so uh, Wanda comes down in her costume and she, this is where she's wearing the classic Scarlet Witch comic yes. costume, which, um, you know, I'll just say I, I understand. I think it was the absolute correct choice not to make her wear that in the actual thing. It does look very good. I'm a big fan. Um, no, she, you know, you know, she works it out pretty well. But I'll it's not it's much. not the Scarlet Witch costume. AC, what do they say it is? What What's her what in, in the universe? What is it? Oh, shoot. What 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 are the, oh, it's oh, a Sokovian was... fortune teller? Oh, right. Sokovian fortune teller. Right, 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 right. The lean into Sokovia, like. Man, when it comes to sitcoms, how much they lean into something as foreign as to explain something that is actually just abnormal. It's ridiculous how much you would just get away, like just the exceptionalism of uh, anything that's not like North American is just like, it's weird and kooky. I mean, it, let's it be honest, of... Jerome, it's just America. I know you're speaking from Canada, but I can do that I, with I, Canada I to too. Yes. Like Canada will be authorized I tried to too. be very Canadian about that, but yes, okay, fine. And it is kind of funny, like in the, in, you know, how the MCU in general, like will go out of their way to find ways not to say stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is just another yep. example of that. Yeah. Like you remember before Cap said um, Avengers Assemble at the end of Age of Ultron, where he's like Avengers and then they cut yeah. it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yep. stuff like that. So they continue along those themes yeah. here. And so um, basically uh, uh, Pietro says that the costume looks lamer than it did the year that their mom made them costumes and they got typhus. And we get a great cutaway <laughs> where they're trick-or-treating and they get a fish to share, which Fantastic. is great. Um yeah. But and then we get Vision coming down and he's wearing his co- comics uh, costume and Jerome. Now, this one, I think, is easy to remember. Do you remember what he was supposed to be? I actually don't remember that either. I'm hey, sorry. Like, well, over two. this was this is great. Wait, 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 wait. What was because what, Vision's wearing his costume. his costume as? What is he dressed oh, as? Oh, a Mexican wrestler. Exactly. Oh, yeah, right. Apparently Mexican Wanda wrestler, has yeah. a thing for them, which I for thought Mexican was Mexican wrestlers. Yeah, that was a little, um, like, you know, those that little, also fits uh, for that time. Stuff there going on. Mm-hmm. That what? also, like, fits for that time. Like, that was also the time where, like, that specific, like, 
like the WWF and ECW and like, oh, was very backyard popular, wrestling yeah. was like super popular at that time. Yeah. So it all lines up perfectly. Yeah. Um, just and also just a classic that just feels like such a sitcom mom thing where like there's just a random joke that she has like a weird she's into a weird thing like, oh, you dress as a mailman again. Oh, see, see, that's <laughs> also that's reference. The, the good place has that joke where uh, <laughs> Eleanor is into mailmen. Right. Um, which is hilarious. Anyway. Um, Vision though can't go trick or treating with them because he's got to go undercover for the neighborhood watch because mm-hmm. there's going to be toilet paper and eggs thrown, which is not that happens the night before Halloween. Don't be ridiculous, but for the for purpose of the episode, um, <laughs> and he's uh, so he can't um, be trick or treating, and Wanda's not happy about it. But someone comes to the rescue. Jerome's coming zooming in. Oh my god, I'm great. Who comes? Who? So I mean, okay, who who volunteers to go? I'm being up. Oh yeah, now. yeah. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Quicksilver or like Pietro is exactly. coming in to yeah. save the day. Yes. Uh, yeah. He's also Evan Peters is go, really going for it in a way I love. He's really. Uh, he just so much has, charisma, man. Uh, so much charisma. Really enjoyed his performance. I've been watching back his performances in the X Men movies mm-hmm. and. It's like, I mean, we already know how Jake feels about Aaron Taylor Johnson, but like, even if you liked him, just like no shot against Evan. Evan Peters is so effortlessly charming in that role as that character. Like you just, it would be so hard to have like been that. It was unfair. Yeah. Um, And so uh, we get even more costumes when uh, Pietro, Pietro, Jesus said Pietro, Pietro and Tommy go running out to get costumes and they come back in old classic Quicksilver costumes, which they don't even explain, which I do appreciate that. It's kind of just like, they're just wearing those. Um, and, uh, you know, now of course, do they ever explain why Pietro is like in age of Ultron? He's like 20 and he has gray hair. Is that a th- why they're, why Pietro always has gray hair? I mean, no, I don't really, I don't really know. This would probably be a better question. Unfortunately, Steph's not here for yeah. that particular. Is this one, just like but, a Taylor um, Hicks thing? He's always had the hair, and he was a young dude in the comics too. So, okay, so it's a Taylor Hicks thing, is what we're saying. That uh, <laughs> sorry, I had to make the reference twice because I was very proud of that. I remembered his name, um, and uh, shouts to Taylor Hicks. Um, hope he's doing good at whatever service job he's working at now. Anyway, uh. um, <laughs> that's rude. That was really mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so (laughs) we cut back to outside the barrier and, um, the, the, our three heroes outside, Jimmy Woo, uh, Darcy Lewis and Monica Rambeau are very unhappy with Hayward. And, um, there's a big standoff and AC, I want you to talk a little bit about this, how, cause it was interesting to me to see how readily Monica, I'm not surprised, but how readily she was willing to stand up and basically just like call bullshit, bullshit. And like, how did how did you take that in? Um, I mean, I took it as somebody, as we talked about last week, um, somebody having the nuance and knowing uh, not only a woman's perspective, but being around powered people, which Hayward calls her out on, which I found interesting. Um, and just that just that idea that she she knows or just has an idea, especially being there with Wanda, she has the actual experience of talking to Wanda and being there with Wanda. One would think that you, that you would listen to somebody who's actually encountered her, but you know, Hayward chose to go another direction. Yeah, for you know, whatever I also reason. think that the history of uh, the use of military in the history of the world, particularly the United States, is littered with people in charge not listening to people who know 
the adversary well <laughs> i feel like that's kind of like it's like no don't you need to help them it's like ah we could help them or we could blow them up it's kind of the history yeah. of the world uh jerome what about you how did you take how did you respond to that scene because i thought it was really well done no it's super well done and monica is like she just knows what's up and not only does she know what's up like she knows that nothing is good to get in the way of just sticking to the truth of the matter and um it and honestly like she is definitely the most outspoken of the three but we've talked about it since they've all entered the picture these are three people who understand this on a whole other level that mm -hmm. everyone else does it like they all are spectators they all are people who have seen it from you know like the shady shield level who mm -hmm. have seen it from just a lower level seeing anything more powerful than as a threat um but these people have direct experience with not just like powerful allies but powerful adversaries so they get the mm -hmm. whole picture yeah and a line i really liked in the scene at the beginning was when well, I didn't like this. I liked that the implication of it. And I don't know if you caught it. I didn't catch it this way until I saw the episode the second time that Hayward says, um, after I think Darcy says something of which one to use the sassy best friend. And I really like that line because I think that maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like what it's trying to say is that those three types of characters and specifically the types of people they are, you know, um, women and people of color are subjugated to being the sassy best friend. And the point being that yeah. in this show, none of them are the sassy best friend. They all have their own agency. Like he's right. sees them. And it's like, Oh, the only purpose that Monica Rambeau, Jimmy Ward, Darcy Lewis could have in a war in this type of thing is the sassy best friend, but it's like, no, fuck you. Uh, you know, they're going to, you know, uh, save the day probably. Um, so yeah, I think that that was really nice. Um, also I just, I appreciate that she was willing to call her boss a coward. Um, not really surprising that she got thrown off the base. Uh, probably gonna happen to you 10 times out of 10. Um, I work in nothing. I, my job is not nearly as high pressure as that, but if I call my boss a coward, I probably get fired. <laughs> um, yeah, that's probably not a good way to go, but it, it, no, it, it was like, worth it No, but it, it was. And Hayward's reactions and the, the pointed things he said to Monica regarding mm -hmm. not only the five years, but your mom. Oh, yeah. Talk about stuff. that. Yo. Talk on that. Yo. Um, that, that, well, you know, that it, it's like, I keep thinking about Hayward in general and how much I don't like this dude. But that took it to another level because it's like, you know, that guy, that guy is always around. That guy exists like he exists there because he just wants to feel powerful. Mm -hmm. And just because he can, he'll mm -hmm. tell you something. Now, ultimately, do I think there's a, a real ulterior motive behind this? Absolutely. One hundred percent. But he uses that. Can we talk kind about of that? And prod and go on mm -hmm. top of it. Can we actually, say, no, like, can we actually talk about because, like, obviously, the ongoing back and forth that has happened on this is the like, how much is Hayward in the know versus how much mm -hmm. is he just generally a dick? Um, and you know what? I mean, like, we I think we've reached this point right now, it might be overlapping into Easter eggs, but do you have an actual theory of what you think he's up to? Okay, so, so originally. Originally, I felt like this dude is Hydra. He's a part of Hydra okay. in some type of way. And he's kind of like talked about this before uh, with Monica in episode three with the whole like, hey, we're doing this with the, oh no, episode four, I should say, with the, uh, with the uh, nanotech and robotics and all this other stuff. We got vision in the lab. We find out later this episode that they're tracking vibranium uh, vision's body or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I can't remember the gentleman's. No, the gentleman's name is Adam. He writes for comicbook.com. He brought this theory up, and I think it's a one that should be, you know, treated with some respect. Okay. What if Hayward is a Cree? What if Hayward is a Cree and this is part of Secret Invasion? This okay. is if this is in his own way trying to get intel on the robotics and uh and all of Earth's and, weapons. And so like we're saying a Cree as opposed to a scroll? Yeah, because like okay. the scrolls, so like in the comic book, the scrolls are the bad guys and right. the Cree are the good people. Like they're right. the ones like they're the one going in for the Do Cree the have the ability to shape shift? I thought that was only a scroll. No, thing. but some no, of them just but... look like white people. Right. Okay. Fair. <laughs> there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was just yeah, about enough, to reference uh, Yon Rog in uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah. Okay. And like Marvel. And Marvel. Uh, right, right. Right. And Marvel. Right. They look like regular people. So it would not be, you know, far afield to think that perhaps Hayward could impersonate, uh, you know, another agent. And again, okay. you you don't know what's happened. It's been five years. He says that. Like he says that right. in plain day. And it's like, it's almost mm-hmm. that thing where, they they throw it out at you mm-hmm. and it just goes by you and yeah. you don't think about it. Uh, and my, it's potentially yeah. it could be that. My my read on it, and this is just my read just based on the type of character it is. I feel like and I don't want when I say a stock character, I don't mean in a bad way, but the stock character in any type of sci-fi horror fantasy thing where he the human who's made a deal with like the otherworldly bad guy who thinks that he's gonna get is going to like get his own planet or something like that. I, that's the right. read I get on him just because I think that he is, he doesn't seem to be, I mean, obviously he could be acting, but he just doesn't seem to be like smart enough to be behind it all. <laughs> like, is he seems no, like definitely he, not right? No, definitely not. He definitely answers to somebody higher. And yeah. that, and I think that's what's, um, that's what'll be interesting. But he, about like, the, even in the, yeah. like answering to someone higher, you don't send that guy. I, which mm-hmm. I think is like more of Jake's point. Like even if like he is answering to a larger person, like you sense, like you send Loki. You don't send like someone. I, who's- that's true, but also I do think that like this guy's the head of sword. So he, even though he's pretty mediocre as a dude, like he is, right. he does have a oh, lot of power. There is some subtlety like, in, in mediocre. Right. Yeah. I yeah. I think my read was always that he was kind of very similar to me to like a General Ross type. Yeah. Where um but like at the same time too uh like it's not to dismiss any of like ac's points because no you're probably right honestly you're I probably think, like no, i think you're, i think, I think right. that you, I'm, if, yeah yeah right. my predictions are always colored with what i want to happen so you're yeah, probably yeah. right you're probably like yeah i would say you're probably right on it also just in the sense of like you don't need two general rosses that's no. basically it. Like it would just be a redundancy Whoa. in itself. I mean, like, in yeah. well, if we're doing secret invasion, we might have two general Rosses. Of uh, course, of course. <laughs> yeah. Like in terms of, like the specific type of yeah, character know, and what they represent. Yeah. Oh, so I um it, I think to that end, yeah. Like it's uh to me, I was just like, this guy is just an unrepentant dick who wants to who views like superhumans and aliens as everything as threats that he wants to then like use against them, which is like very of the agent Ross type where like, you know, the Sokovia Accords and all of that, like they're all threats that need to be controlled um, by a human. But I think the idea of like how it could lean to like a Cree or anything to that end makes probably more sense for where we mm-hmm. want to go with like the overall arc of things. Yeah. Um, but I figured it was a good time to at least tap into mm-hmm. it now because this is honestly like the peak of like Hayward um, fuckery. Yeah, like 100%. And I think it was also interesting, like I had said earlier about when he talked to Monica about, oh, you empowered people. And he knows the history with the Skrulls. And obviously, if you're a Cree, you're not messing with the Skrulls. So 
there's yeah. going to be opposition there if that mm. if that happens to be the case. So that's why it's like it's not a crazy it's not a crazy theory. In this now, story. I do just want to say, though, that I think, Jerome, I think you're mostly right. But I do. Would, I would say that the peak of Hayward fuckery was when he decided to put ed- education reform on the back of his jersey. I think nah. that, that was the peak of Hayward <laughs> fuckery. Uh, anyway, but, um, um, bum, bum. <laughs> uh, so um, they end up, get, you know, the, our three heroes end up getting kicked out of the base and. I'll say this way too easily. They Jimmy and Monica overpower the two guys with guns escorting them off the base. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. No, they're there to get that. That's true. I guess thing is, I would say I would be okay if Monica like did a ton of it, but Jimmy like. I love Jimmy Will. He's amazing. Counterpoint. Shout out yeah. to Jimmy. Counterpoint. You don't know what's coming at you by way of fists when there's sleight of hand. Oh, that's true. He, they, the guy was probably looking at his left hand, and then the there right hand is, was right in his right? nose. That's what you call misdirection, folks. Exactly. I do appreciate Darcy being like, "Why didn't no one tell me about the plan?" Um, <laughs> yes, because that's got to suck. You know. Uh, anyway, that's actually the kind of yeah. that's a benefit of having the kind of three quirky sidekicks mm-hmm. is that nobody is too much at any given point yeah exactly um although i would say that i would maintain that monica is not necessarily quirky um even if uh that's the way that i think most films would position her but anyway um so they they steal some ponchos and are sneaking back on the base back in westview uh there's the boys are trick-or-treating and there's a very big uh open air scene and you see that there are now children in uh westview which is interesting um, you know, I, I, they don't, they don't immediately remark upon it, which I think is interesting. Um, mm-hmm. and Wanda is kind of questioning Pietro about things in the childhood because she's suspicious of him. Um, and, uh, you know, she said, he basically makes a comment saying that the reason he looks different is because she doesn't want to be reminded of her past because if I think is what, if she, if I found Shangri-La, I wouldn't be reminded about my past, basically acknowledging that this is a fake Eden for her, yeah. uh, which I thought is interesting, which make it make it kind of, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. We're like similar to vision. Pietro's understanding of what's going on is like, it's not, he has much more of an understanding than the regular residents, but not quite the same re- relationship to it as vision. Like he kind of understands what's going on, but isn't resistant to it, I guess. I don't know. AC. I mean, if you're faking it, if you're trying to fake it with Wanda to a degree and you're trying to be like, well, yeah, it's this thing is kind of weird, but I do kind of understand what's happening to a degree. Mm-hmm. It's almost like this very vague uh, way of trying to make it look like you understand things. And obviously, by the way that I'm talking, you can kind of see where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that dude ain't Pietro. That's all I got to say. That dude is not Pietro, not Pietro. He is not Pietro. Just the way, and we'll get into it like as we go along with the scenes that he has, not only with Billy and Tommy, but just in general and 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 stuff like that. But he has shown um, just there's just a like there's a there's a little sleight of hand when it comes to his character that um, I noticed just like in this episode, and it was really a great sleight of hand and kind of the way that he talked about stuff and, and some of the, the uh, most memorable quotes in the episode. So mm-hmm. 
you know, I just don't, I don't believe that's actually Pietro himself. Yeah. I actually, and also I don't remember if it's in this scene or another scene later where he mentions that he got shot uh, out of nowhere for no reason, which I do think, I think was good commentary on how dumb his death in Age of Ultron is. Uh, oh, it is. Really, <laughs> a lot of, yeah. Um, I was reading about it today and people had suggested like bullets shouldn't take him down. Mm-hmm. Even if he's getting yeah. shot, it shouldn't be from bullets that like just simple bullets that he goes down. I mean, I, not even that. It's just like, you know how he says, you didn't see that coming? It's like, yeah, in the same way that like if I was in the room with the president, I wouldn't see him like taking off his pants and shitting on the floor coming. You, that's a bad thing. You don't you don't see bad things coming. Like it's a bad story choice. Um, I also don't know why, by the way, I don't know why in my mind, whenever I think of something random happening, my example is always being in a room with someone and then taking off the pants and shitting on the floor. It's <laughs> just my general, what's that's the weirdest thing that could happen right now? Right. Um, anyway, uh, so... Uh, I love you, Jake. Herb, thank you very much. Uh, but, but I just want to say, I, just to explain myself one second, I, the reason I think about it is because I remember I once wrote a sketch in college <laughs> where it was about a guy, two guys who were stoned talking about physics, and they're talking about the multiverse theory. And the one guy's point was that, like, but no, you don't realize there's, if there's a multiverse, that means in every moment of every moment of your life, there is a universe where you got up what you're doing, took off your pants and shit on the floor. It's like, that's impossible. And of course, the, episode, the, the sketch ends with the one guy getting up and shit on the floor. Um, <laughs> no one ever produced that sketch. Weird. Anyway, Herb, our good friend, AC's best friend, AC's close personal friend, Herb. Herb is back. Um, he's, I just want to, pre- I appreciate the synopsis I'm reading. It says he's in a Frankenstein's monster costume because you got to be correct. <laughs> um, and he's, it's a, a fantastic costume. It, it, by it, the way. Yeah, it's a it. really good costume. And he yeah. is really well built to be Frankenstein. Right. Now, he's uh, on Neighborhood Watch Patrol, and there's a really nice bit where, he's reporting all the things that Quicksilver and the boys are doing, like stealing candy and smashing pumpkins and uh, shooting silly string. But there's a big revelation in the scene where uh, Wanda asks if Vision's helping. And Jerome, what does her reveal to our good friend Wanda? Vision is not on Neighborhood Watch. Mm. That line dog. And we see where Vision is. He's on the outskirts of town. Mm -hmm. And this is the image that stuck with me in this episode more than anything else, where he sees to like a, a house where there is a woman in the front repeatedly hanging and non-hanging a like a lawn ornament for like a Halloween thing. And the guy in the back is like moving like a trash can or like a, pump, a jack lantern or something. And that the way it's just like an animatronic on a Disney ride is what it really is. Um, and the shot where you see the close up of her and you just see a tear roll down her face is like, that's top fucking notch filmmaking. Like that's like really, really good stuff. And man, that scene just, and they hang on it for a long time. And I really appreciated it. Yeah. You have to lean into stuff like that, especially if you're trying to tell this particular story where vision is vision. This is detective vision, uh, vision in this episode. And it's like, he knows that obviously something has been wrong this entire time. And he knows that he can't trust Wanda to talk to her about it. So he's going off on his own and, as he continues to see that these things are not only weird, but kind of horrifying in a way, mm-hmm. to Jake's point, um, it just kind of leads him to believe, especially because he doesn't he doesn't have any recollection of anything that's happened before. Um, it is kind of scary if you put yourself in his shoes at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jerome? Um, oh, uh, did you, if you do not have anything to say, I was Nothing being... really, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, what I was going to yeah. add, though, is yeah. I think it's interesting that it's clear that the further away you are from the center of town, the less like 
life you have in you and it, that's why i use the comparison of like a disney ride because it's really like that or like if you go right. on like the pirates of the caribbean ride which i have 50 times honestly <laughs> um i'm from florida it is what it is yeah. uh like the jack sparrow that's right near your boat is really lifelike and moves a lot and says things whereas like in the way back where there's a person you can vaguely see in a window they probably only like move like just their head a little bit you know and so it is kind of like that where because because these people only matter insofar as they affect Wanda's existence and reality. If you're not near her, you don't matter. So like, I think that's just an interesting way of demonstrating how everything emanates from Wanda's experience. Yeah. It also, I guess then leans into like, she is creating this. We're assuming for herself, but there are certain characters, notably Vision, who she wants to live within this reality. So, mm-hmm. like, it's also like if you think about it in terms of uh, TV production, like you have your mains and you have your extras. Those are just extras. Mm-hmm. You don't care. Like, they just work in the background. They probably repeat the same task over and over, but they're supposed to be inconsequential. If you just saw them, like, I mean, it was a far eerier version of like what we were seeing there. But if you just focused on them alone, it would be just like this weird monotonous, mm-hmm. like it's non-playable characters, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we get the ad for the episode, um, which I'm going to be honest, and I might be stupid. Uh, it, it's for Yo Magic Snack Plays, which is uh, which is a pudding, basically, or yogurt, excuse me. And uh, a boy starving on an island is given one and he can't open it. Now, AC, am I, is it as simple as just that like magic is something Wanda uses or is there a metaphor I'm missing? I mean, the only metaphor I could think of is the villain nightmare feeds off of the uh, the energy, uh, well, the psychic energy, particularly of psychic people or you know people with those types of powers uh, in order to make him stronger. So it made me wonder is like, oh, is this like, kind of telling us that it's him and most people who will be watching who don't like really know about the comic book stuff wouldn't know that so it's like a very just it was very odd and very grim and it was only me researching that later and saying that that was a you know that that could be a potential meaning of that as they've kind of like alluded to different stuff uh with nightmare in this episode uh it kind of just you know, it, it made me think along those lines, but like otherwise, like me watching it the first time, I was just like, what the hell? I looked at my wife and we looked at each other mm-hmm. and we we're just like, yo, that was kind of weird. Because mm-hmm. it don't see it as we had talked about um the uh, last week with the you know trying to put the commercials together with the infinity stones, like you would you could make the argument like if you really wanted to reach that this is like the soul stone or whatever. But um I would say more than that, it, it's a, it could be in uh an illusion to nightmare so you know we'll see so then we get back we go back to the town square scare um and uh fantastic wordplay by the way yeah great stuff there's uh if wanda and pietro uh, have a conversation where pietro you know basically talks about how his purpose there is to come and stir up grief and give her a hard time um because obviously he's aware of what he's doing and they have a conversation about how their accents have disappeared. And once again, we get no resolution on it. And I really like, I like that they're acknowledging it, but I really need an answer. I, I really need them to go into why. Um, it's probably as simple as that they don't have accents on American TV, but whatever, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm at blitz end. Yeah. I think um, at that point, it's a little, I feel like 
I would prefer that they never answer it. I know that will mm -hmm. infuriate or drive you nuts, but like I think at this point they're just in on the joke. Well, yeah, no, I guess the thing yeah. is I would rather them have never acknowledged it or answer it. I don't like this in between where they acknowledge it. I, I think the attitude is great where it's just well, like, you know, I just want to just, just poking the bear at this point. Yeah. Anyway. yeah, like I think it's cool in general that they've done a lot with the show in terms of uh leaving it up to our own interpretation of things. And it's kind of and I mean it's drove me nuts at times because uh, you know me, I'm like I'm, I'm looking into everything, trying to figure out what the, the grand meaning of everything is. And mm -hmm. and uh sometimes you can't, sometimes it is what it is. So no, I, I don't think that they're I don't think they're gonna leave the accent thing unanswered though. Just because the fact the fact that they had her have the accent when she left the hex, I think is they clearly know what they're doing. Now, I'm not, not that it actually matters that much, but I don't think that that's something that's going to be unanswered. Anyway, so Tommy and Billy return, and uh, we learn that Tommy has super speed, like his Uncle Pete, um, and uh, they're going to go down uh, to go other houses because apparently some of the houses are giving away full candy bars. Um, but Wanda warns, don't go past Ellis Avenue. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, Shout out to Young Avengers there. Um, why is, is is there based on Ellis Avenue or is Ellis a person? No, 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 not even not oh. even that. It's just um, seeing uh, oh, right. Tommy with the Tommy with the powers, the speed powers. Uh, speed is his uh, superhero name, so mm. that is um, that is cool to see that first uh, usage of, of powers, and we'll see where it takes us. Um, we'll get to Billy in a little bit, but um, it's kind of nice to see that little nod to uh, what they're setting up as, mm -hmm. as a story down the line. Mm -hmm. So back outside the hex, uh, Monica, uh, Darcy and Jimmy are, um, they enter a tent with a bunch of computer stuff and uh, Darcy hacks the base mainframe. Hacks the mainframe. Way too easily. I didn't know she was a computer hacker, but fine, whatever. Uh, and they She's got realize, a PhD. That's yeah. exactly how it works, Jake. That's true. <laughs> and they realize that Hayward is tracking vision by tracking the decay of his vibranium, um, which is something that sounds like it could be real. So I do appreciate that may, having good scientific mumbo jumbo. Um, and they realize that vision is near the edge of town and that the life signs of the people around the edge of town are barely alive at all. Um, so they're kind of in a stasis. So that must be fun for them. It's, it's horrifying, awful. yo. Horrifying. Yeah, that's like scary. I just, I just that's do, you. We can't memory hold this. If this show ends with Wanda like doing some, you know, having a redeeming moment, we can't forget that she is ostensibly torturing thousands of people right now. Um, you know, it's not not great. It's not great. It's a I rough think, moment for you, girl. Mm. It is. Um, and I think if anything, because of the history of Wanda, uh, it actually does really work for the character that whether it's through her own doing or through her public perception, she is never fully seen as a hero. Mm -hmm. Like it's very like, so op like she came in as an adversary that like, you know, eventually got accepted by the Avengers, but almost immediately afterward causes a major uh, catastrophe mm -hmm. that then like turns her in back into a fugitive. And again, like, we don't we still don't really get the full effects of what happened outside of um infinity war and endgame mm -hmm. because you know you talk about things like the sokovia accords and 
one thing you might wonder is maybe they come around on this team that saved the whole freaking universe, mm. but it seems like nothing really has changed on that front. Like go- the government still like controls everything in full and we're seeing Wanda where she is right now. So um, it, it, I think it does well to play uh, with especially hero characters because most of our heroes are just straight heroes. And mm-hmm. this is one where we have to at least look at the full picture between um, yeah, we can defend her on stuff that doesn't seem like her fault, but we can also be a little horrified by what's going on right now. Yeah. So we then cut to Vision, who's on near the edge of town. And at this point, people are just full on not moving. Um, and so he decides to phase, fly up in the air, and he sees a car stopped at a stoplight with its headlights on, not moving near the edge of town. And inside is Agnes, dressed as a witch. I assume AC is mm. going to have thoughts in a couple minutes. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> and she's completely dazed. She says that she's looking for the town square scare and says she got lost, which obviously doesn't make a lot of sense because she grew up in Westview. And so she does the thing where he touches her head and we meet the real Agnes, um, who points out that he's an Avenger. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, stuff, uh, and, and what's, uh, what's Vision's reaction to being recognized, AC? He's like, Vision's like, what's an Avenger? I don't know what that is. Like, I, I, he's never he has no recollection of any of these things which is which is great um this scene obviously and honestly was a great misdirect with agnes because you know the real agnes is kind of in this sense she kind of acts all crazy she kind of acts like she's caught up in this as well to a degree but there is no doubt in my mind we're gonna find out she she is the second in command to the to the to the main villain this is this is this is a great misdirect because there was a second, there's a second into it where I was like, man, she's really making we, we've this. Said it on other episodes, but like, let's just plainly say it. Who is Agnes again? Agnes is. I mean, I've referenced her before. Agatha Harkness, who is a, a witch in the comic books. Um, she's a mentor to Wanda, and um, in certain cases, she's used Wanda for her own doing in, in certain instances. So. If I had to guess, um, Agnes is using Wanda for the main villain um, to use these powers, the CMBR, and for whatever reason, whatever whatever this energy is doing is is a uh, is what the main villain of the story wants. So here's the convoluted part that I'm trying to reconcile: um, Why does she let her? self be under wanda's spell well or the is only she thing not that I, really like that's i i kind of trying to figure that side of it out so there's there's uh i'd say the one thing that i would think of is that she probably didn't realize how actually how powerful wanda is okay and this might be one of those instances where she kind of either has to play along to a degree. You think you have the control and you realize you don't. You think, yeah, and you realize that this person is is much stronger than you could have ever thought of. So as she's doing what she's doing, she's still got kind of caught in the whole scenario too. So there could be a little push and pull. I am I'm gonna say I'm pretty confident that now we're in the last three episodes, and apparently they're supposed to be a little bit longer that we will get something significant on Agnes soon. They mm-hmm. almost kind of have to. Yeah. So oh, yeah, we're, we're at the breaking point. Yeah. So anyway, she points out that Vision's dead and he doesn't obviously understand because he feels alive. Um, mm-hmm. And then he doesn't, this is like Vision's done twice now. And I think it's really fucked up. He snaps her back to normal. 
which is like, why are you doing that? Why are you putting her, ba- them ba- her back in prison? Um, anyway, we cut back outside and Monica calls her aeronautics engineer guy uh, who, you know, a lot of speculation as to who that is. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, apparently this guy can get her back into the hex. Um, but Darcy points out that she shouldn't go back in the hex because he, she's looking at Monica's blood work and her the hex energy has rewritten Monica's body at a cellular level. All right. This is where we ins- just, if, if you're listening, imagine the most excited you've ever heard. And Steph get on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. It'd be Steph basically that. like confirming. Like, I'm telling you, she has her powers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. She went through it twice. Um, you know, that was a good wrinkle that you don't think of that. She had gone through the, the hex twice. So mm-hmm. therefore I, I'm guessing we're going to see photon, Probably pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm guessing a showdown with Wanda's coming mm-hmm. at some point. So that should so, be really fun. Darcy says she can't go because she's busy getting into the mainframe. And so Jimmy and Monica are going to go in. And we cut back. In, so Jimmy and Monica head out. Uh, we cut back into the town square. And Wanda and Pietro are having a conversation about how, you know, um, the, their parents would have loved it. And then she, Pietro asked where all the kids were. Um, and uh, he figures that she didn't have the kids because she didn't want to like traumatize them, I think is what he puts, how he puts it, which is interesting because that implies that like now she is traumatizing them. Um, yeah, just really morally, I, I can't really get through a lot of these moral quagmires. Um, but he basically is talking about this as an outside observer, like, and it's really nice how you got all the personalities mostly right and how you kept couples together, like, and she's made uncomfortable by this because she's being confronted with what she's doing, which I think is a very interesting acting thing that's going on. Yeah, again, um, Evan Peters is great um, in in conveying these things Mm -hmm. in a way where it just seems like a dude who's asking questions. Yeah, and also great is Wanda when she's like, I'm, I don't know how I'm doing this, you know? Um, and uh, and then we get another shot where she looks at Pietro and, uh-oh, he's a corpse. Less than ideal. Not a pretty look. No. Feeding that grief. Feeding yeah. that grief. As um, Tyler, a.k.a. Dragonfly Jones, mentioned last week that Wanda um, is feeding, her energy is feeding off of grief. And mm-hmm. seeing Pietro like that, just as she saw Vision a few episodes back, almost like, you know, kind of uh, winds, winds her up to a degree to get her to that place where eventually we see uh, something interesting. And then we all, speaking of things we see, that's the most obvious transition ever, I apologize, that Vision is, try, is basically trying to get out of the hex. We see that all the monitors in the main control room go crazy. And Darcy sees that Vision is trying to leave on her monitor. And um, he is like, he's trying to push himself out of the barrier. It it costs him a ton of effort and he's getting pulled back in. And this is another thing that this is just grotesque in a way that you wouldn't expect given that he's a metal person and it's, there's no blood or gore or anything like that, but it's really painful to watch him get ripped apart back into the the hex. Yeah. You you would have thought that like, um, you would have thought like the dusting was a thing, but like a person just completely coming apart and disintegrating was very jarring to watch through. Um, it did make me wonder just like the rules of go- traveling in and out of the hex because we see with Monica, she just comes out. 
like exactly as is um like her clothing and everything all uh comes that way um and yeah like i guess in the case of vision like whatever it is that's holding together like it could be very well be like the entire energy of the town this is like literally coming to me right now i don't think this is actually true but like the entire energy of the town is keeping vision together mm -hmm. um but uh that also like made me think back to the comments about not letting the kids get out there mm -hmm. like is there a specific type of being that can survive outside and one that can't like the ones that are like fully manifested in there as opposed to the ones that have like traveled in and out which i have absolutely no idea about but like just like it, the rules of yeah. how it works with vision like don't exactly match how it's worked like say with monica or some of the others that we've seen uh affected by it so that was really interesting to just see it um mm -hmm. yeah it's a great question because uh, it's like one of those things that you ask is he just tethered to that place mm -hmm. and anytime he tries to leave it does what exactly happened in that instance um is it wanda tethering him there is it just like anytime that you're reanimated that way um you're not supposed to leave for whatever reason i i would, would like to see um an explanation of that um and hopefully they do that yeah and as this is happening we see that billy gets his powers because he can sense vision's effort and he runs to wanda basically saying like i can hear vision in my head and he's in trouble and of course as this is going on uh Tyler Hayward does the most important thing he can with his time and gets Darcy handcuffed to a Jeep. Really great time management. <laughs> it's really what's important right here. Um, and uh, Wanda's like, where's, where's vision. And when Pietro is like, Oh, he can't die twice. She like hits him with the, you know, with the big blast. Uh, and that was great. Basically what she does is she freezes everyone in, of the hex and then somehow she expands the hex a bunch in order to uh get vision back into it and as she does this she basically like turns every almost everyone in sword at the base into like they all become it part of the into hex. a circus people yeah it's crazy it's that's crazy. great yeah. The what level of power that she has there. Um, what, 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 yeah, and again, like, there's Pietro pushing her, prodding her, poking her with that little comment, uh, and again, making her use her powers more, which is kind of the theme of this is there's, expanding There's a level the of prodding that's happening there. Like, he... Um, the way he does it, it's almost like he could barely contain the smirk that he has mm -hmm. as he's kind of reveling in everything he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. And so Darcy just barely misses getting taken to the hex and Tyler and his like SUV just drive are driving away. And then of Wait, course, no, no. Darcy gets in the hex. Oh, no, right. Darcy, no oh, yeah, Darcy, sorry. For her. She, sorry. Yeah, yeah. sorry about that. My favorite I, tweet that yeah. I've seen yeah, was sorry. like, this is Darcy uh, in the hex uh, next episode. And it's just her in uh, two broke girls. Not unfair. Uh, <laughs> like the timing would be perfect. Yeah. And, sorry. Uh, Hayward nearly misses getting in the hex. And he tries to contact, and basically no one's available because everyone, right. his whole team is in the hex. Um, and then uh, that's where uh, where we leave off. Um, and uh, yeah, I think definitely. Please stand by. It definitely it's the worst uh, like yeah. it's screen terrible. to see. At it's this good. Point. It's I great, it but so it's much. terrible at the yeah. same time because they know what they're doing. Definitely an unbelievable way to end the episode. Um, 
And just because I feel like we touched on a lot of the other stuff we normally talk about. So I'm just going to jump right to it. It's time for ACZ Strike Corner. All right. Um, I think I, I'm a, I skipped over the 90s because it seemed like a more of a 2000s episode. Yeah. And, uh-huh. yeah. and I really I really had a lot of trouble finding a song uh, to kind of encapsulate Jake, where do you we even are. Know? I don't actually remember, recall from the group. I don't know what I'm about to hear. I'm I don't really remember. If he yeah, yeah, I didn't even I didn't even tell oh, you because go. I came up right. with this uh, last night. So how did we get here? These Easter eggs aren't supposed to be here. I've tried that detective thing for the last time. And there we are. This is the Easter egg segment. Uh, I mean, we can't sound the third. And uh, yeah, let's let's talk about some Easter eggs. Um, Before we get into like the whole theory aspect of things, some things I wanted to point out. Um, Billy and Tommy's, both of their costumes are similar to the costumes uh, that they wear in the comic books as both Speed and uh, Wakan. So that was cool to see them in their in their uh, garb. And same with Quicksilver. That was cool. While trick-or-treating, Pietro tells Billy to unleash, Billy and Tommy to unleash Hell Demon Spawn. Now in the comics, Billy and Tommy were created using parts of a Mephisto's soul and Mephisto is the devil. Still getting them devil references. So like right now, there's this push and pull between Mephisto and Nightmare and who exactly uh, the villain is. Um, I want to shout out a friend of the pod, uh, Springthorpe, where Tommy refers to Pietro using his speed as kick-ass. And then Wanda repeats the phrase. This is a nod to the movie Kick-Ass. which I completely both- forgot Evan Peters is in that with him. Yes. Like when I saw the picture, I was like, holy shit. Like why did I not connect it up until this very moment? Yeah, I think but- probably Evan Peters wasn't anyone at the time. No, you know? I know. And like he's, even when I looked at it, like he's virtually- He looks completely different. Yeah, unrecognizable at that point. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously Kick-Ass, um, Evan Peters is in that, and uh, Jake's favorite actor, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, mm-hmm. um, is in that. <laughs> and uh, Jake mentioned earlier, uh, Vision mentions to Wanda that if he had found Shangri-La, he wouldn't want to leave either. In the Marvel comics, Shangri-La was founded by a version of Vision. How about that? And let me see if I have anything. Uh, Vision makes an offhanded comment that he had to wear the Halloween costume because it was the only thing in his closet. This means Wanda probably got rid of everything else, so Vision would have to continue playing along. Which I found interesting, too. Um, Let's see what we got here. Pietro recalls that he got shot for no reason at all, which obviously is a nod to how unnecessary Quicksilver's death, which we talked about, and how fans still talk about how regular bullets shouldn't have killed him. And it's true. He's a speedster. That should not happen. Usually them dudes can catch up, uh, catch them bullets or even just dodge them for the most part. Um, we mentioned Agnes and the and the Agatha Harkness uh, kind of garb as a witch. That was important too. Um, of course, Wanda warns Billy and Tommy not to go past Ellis Avenue. And that's exactly where Vision goes to exit the hex. Vision is at a literal crossroads. And in folklore, crossroads are often used to summon the devil. And again... There goes your Mephisto uh, thoughts there. I so, wish that, now um, they think about it, they should have piped in. I'll see you at the crossroads. Do you not get lonely? lonely. <laughs> this pod's become a singing telegram to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I love yeah, it. Right. Um, Darcy scrolls past several folders, one of which says Project C4113. This isn't the first time 113 has come up in WandaVision, and it could reference Avengers issue 113, which features. Scarlet Witch and Vision on the cover, and Scarlet Witch saying she's going to make the world pay for Vision's death. So, 
That was an interesting little nod there. Um, when the hex happens, everybody turns into clowns and there's a circus and everything. There is a comic book issue with where Hawkeye, Vision, and Scarlet Witch uh, become people in the circus. So this is a nice little nod to that. Uh, let me see if there's anything else. Uh, we, we talked about Monica with the photon uh, thing going through the hex twice. So expect to see photon relatively soon. Uh, and another file reads Project M5247. Well, the stuff that Darcy was going through could be a reference to Avengers issue 247, which features the Eternals. Uh, revealing their origin in Scarlet Witch and Vision trying to help Captain Marvel. Um, there's a lot of Captain Marvel connections in this series so far, so it's a nice little little nod to that. And um, I can't remember, there was a line that, that uh, Pietro said to Wanda about feeling like he was in a nightmare. And um, obviously that could possibly allude to mm -hmm. he, himself being nightmare. So that's kind of it for just like the little stuff, but... I mean, as far as the the more broader stuff, um, I are you feel leaning like... more toward Pietro being Nightmare or Mephisto? <sighs> it's honestly like it's really tough. I feel like they they've done enough to where it feels like there's a decent chance they're telling us so much about the devil that it should be Mephisto, mm -hmm. but because the heavily leaning rumors of Nightmare being the villain of Doctor Strange. Um, I'm going to say that this is an ultimately a misdirect and Nightmare will be the villain. And I think uh, Pietro is not Pietro. That is Nightmare do you think, influencing Wanda. Do you think if they go that route just because of the like very obvious allusions to him being Mephisto, especially like things with the twins and feeding off that energy, do you feel that while it is a misdirect that might actually cheapen all of the building that's going on around that in terms of planting the clues? Well, it depends on how Nightmare is presented. Nightmare, I don't have an extensive background of in the comics. Right. So. But like everything in terms of like clues have been really leaning toward this is Mephisto. Right. And it's like, a, and it's been heavy. It's almost like they're hammering us in the head with it at this point. Right. Um, but yeah. Which is like, I mean, but I'm guessing to a casual viewer, like they have no idea who Mephisto is right. and they're not following along that way. But yeah, for you who knows and that's where it's leading, like if it doesn't end up being Mephisto, do you feel then like what is the point of doing like such obvious and clear signs toward it? Well, you know, it's hard because I do think about it this way because we know that Doctor Strange is going to be quote unquote the first MCU horror film. Um, Nightmare is kind of like the type of dude that can make it like that. You, you know, you can make it terrible in that type of way for Doctor Strange and and Wanda per se. Whatever whatever the outcome is for her here is not going to be good, and she's going to have to figure out a way to not only recover uh, mentally but emotionally as well. But uh, to you, you bring up a very fair question though, as Mephisto, because. I kind of like after episode three, I was kind of like, okay, I, yeah, kind of want to see that is uh, Mephisto because, you know, not only does he have a connection to Wanda, a, a deep connection to Wanda, um, he interacts with several like regular characters like S.H.I.E.L.D. Like he does deals with S.H.I.E.L.D. And, and, and stuff like that in the books too. So that would be kind of cool to see if we actually got that. Um, I think it really depends on how they pull it off. How does this end? I think it's very important that they uh, nail the dismount 
on this show, which so far through the first two acts, the six episodes, um, has been very, very good and rich in storytelling. They haven't, they've slowed things, they've slowed things down. It's a nice little, it's at a nice pace. And I feel like now things are going to just get going in the last three. Yeah. And it, it should be really interesting to see. But um, to your point, it's now I got to think about it. I got to see how it ends. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens there. And with that in mind, uh, the last question we always ask, um, AC, if you want to expand a little more on it, because you basically answered this question, but like, what are you hoping to see? And what are you, more, more so, what are you, what are you looking forward to see? Because I think what do you think is going to happen is like, we could talk a, about that yeah. till we're blue in the face. Uh, but what are you, what are you looking forward to seeing uh, resolved? I'm excited for the Agnes reveal. I'm excited mm-hmm. to see uh, how they do it. And are we, uh, I'm assuming that we're going to get a flashback with her and Wanda at some point because they had to have been introduced before she's remember she's not on the she was not on the board she wasn't identified yeah. um on the board uh, at sword so there has to have been an interaction prior to them having a relationship in there and mm-hmm. uh that connection is going to be central to the series and i think that the way that they introduce her will then lead us to thinking that she's the main person but then we'll find out at the end that whoever is the is the main person so like basically that and um uh monica monica's growth i'm i'm really really interested i'm really excited to see the powers unfold there so yeah and if she does get those powers i want to see her put them to use this should be really fun jerome um i think i i yeah i'm i think we're due for a big bad to start revealing their hand Mm -hmm. That's, yeah. I think, where we're at at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, we obviously don't have the full picture on Wanda and what's going on around her. We don't have the full picture on anyone, really. But we have enough from them that we need now the catalyst to really push them to the I very agree. edge. So, uh, like, we don't need to discover more about these characters at this point. Um, the mystery and like how much what of what's not told is right there. So let's let's move this forward. We only have a couple episodes left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I too. I want to see also too like what the um, the metaphysics with Vision are with like how he exists in and out of the hex um, and what. And I, I, I additionally, unrelatedly, I want to see how Darcy's going to act in the the hex because I don't think that they're going to do. I don't think they're going to do it the same as. Monica, because I think that that would just be boring. Like if she just became like a, another person too, I think that she's gonna and have also more we're awareness. In a more modern place now. Yeah, but like I, I also think sure. that there's there's part of me that wonders like if if she because Monica when when she went inside she really didn't know what was going on. But like if it's easier for Darcy to get to a place where she can be like fight it off because she has an a, a real she knows what it is. I don't know. I think that they're it's, gonna. It's do, a good opportunity yeah. to show her aptitude, like yeah. in terms of like what she kind of brings to the table in mm-hmm. this because we already know like when it comes to Jimmy and Monica, they are essentially like the more action mm-hmm. uh, focused people, but she is essentially the brains of the operation. Mm-hmm. So if there's anyone who's going to crack what's going on from the inside to me, it's Darcy. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see that, um, man. I'm just excited to see how this all ends. Um, mostly yeah. just so mostly so we could stop talking in hypotheticals because the thing is like, <laughs> Cause like AC I, and I love this about you AC, but 
when you throw out a bunch of different things that could be, every time you say one, I kind of get a little disappointed because it's like, well, one of these is not only one of these could be right. It's true. And I, and I think like, it, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, I after watching this past uh, week's episode, I do feel like to a degree they've checkmated me in the sense that like, they're they're telling they're they're way ahead they're always going to be way ahead and i'm just that dude who's just trying to figure it out and i just I, can't I think help it what i would say is because i was i listened back to, to an old video i made where i compared um um predictions we made about endgame beforehand to what actually happened and my piece of advice for that would be for you ac is that especially now there's only three episodes left i think that what's going to happen is a lot less complicated than some of your theories. Like, I think that it, it, it oh, can't yeah. be a, there's not going to be like a third degree. Like I can see them like introducing Mephisto kind of, but like the only, like, I wouldn't be surprised if like Agnes is working with Mephisto, but Mephisto is only seen on screen, like for like 10 minutes. And like, he's not actually ever like defeated because he's Mephisto. He's not like, I just don't and think it's yeah. good. I don't yeah, think yeah, they're yeah. going to, they don't, there's just not enough time. I don't think to really establish that, but no matter what they do, I'm excited to see it. Just once again, just because I want to talk about it, honestly, is I want to yeah. talk about what is rather than uh, it's gonna be really, really fun. Be. Um, I before we wrap up, just want to thank Jerome for t- Jerome had to hop off. Um, you can follow him at Black Dragon Roll, please do. He's got yes. exciting video edits all the time. Uh, and AC, where can people follow you? You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Canton underscore three. Um, couple things. First, uh, Finding Peace in the Storm will be back in the beginning of March. We have a very, very special guest that we will mm-hmm. be talking to then. Um, so until then, catch up on the first six episodes. And um, I do look like I have some other potential news that I'll be announcing soon. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, until then, well, uh, what you call it? Just uh, follow me there, and obviously, uh, follow uh at mc university pod and yep. uh you know rate review subscribe exactly yep follow that follow us review subscribe follow me at the j christie listen to my other podcast no funkling tricky monkling with andre barrera we talk about the usa network original series bunk it's very funny uh and yeah more name just keep tuning in for our wandavision episodes and if there's anyone that you uh that's not you uh who you think will be fun to have on the pod like we're big marvel people uh, who are fun and have like match our energy let us know um no big note on the match right energy. I really don't need to be talking to, uh, you know, someone who takes this stuff way too seriously. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> I'm just, I'm sorry. That just, I just had in my mind, like, should I really tell people to do that? Cause they're going to be like, there's this person who has a photographic knowledge of every Marvel comic released since 1960. It's like, I don't want to talk to that person. Um, but <laughs> in any event, please tune in next week and the week after that. And the week after that, as we conclude WandaVision for Marvel Cinematic University, I've been Jay Christie. Have a good have a good uh, week, day, whatever, guys. Bye-bye.